Welcome to Episode 7 of the Arborvitae Podcast, promoting virtue in woodworking. I'm Adam Taylor. And I'm Jonathan Conrad. And we'll be your co-hosts for today. Our mission, as always, is to explore how different virtues influence the way we live and work in the shop, how virtues contribute to the fruitfulness of our labor, and to highlight those who are making significant contributions to this great woodworking community. So what do you have going on, Jonathan? Well, it's, uh, it's, been, it's been a little bit quiet in the shop, um, just because, you know, before Christmas I had a whole bunch of projects on the bench, um, you know, little odds and ends here and there, um, but mm-hmm. I've wrapped up most of that. So really, the main thing is uh, building a king bed for my wife and I. Wow. I don't know if I mentioned that on a previous episode or not. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, but I've got uh, Mike, who we interviewed at the beginning of this series, uh, Mike Woods. Yes. Um, I got uh, some really beautiful walnut from him. Um, some three inch by three inch pieces for uh, the legs. Okay. Um, and then some, you know, true four quarter stock. Like it's an it's about an inch thick uh, plane. So it should be great for the. Um, the kind of the lateral support pieces. Um, awesome. So I've got the the mortises uh, done for the footboard. Um, the headboard we bought, which is is a fabric headboard, so it's okay. really just kind of like three sides to the bed because um, I don't have to make a headboard. Um, Interesting. So you know it, it's a it's very similar to the project with the with the twins beds. Um, except for, I would say the design is probably a little bit simpler and walnut is so much easier to plane. Like, (laughs) I mean, I, I did, I spent an hour, uh, you know, smoothing all the pieces and I never sharpened once. Wow. Whereas with the hickory boards, like I would do three faces of one piece and I would need to resharpen. Um, and it's just a dream to work with. (laughs) Um, and the number three that I, so I got some, you know, I got some money for Christmas, um, and I got a, a Stanley, an old Stanley number three on eBay. Um, and you know, I've been working with a number five and that's it for really about a year. Oh, wow. Um, I had a, I had a, a, you know, like a number 220 that ended up trading for this microphone. And it was totally worth it. Yes. Um, Beautiful audio. Yeah, I love it. Um, but, you know, I, I finally, over time, I, I got to realize what I could and could not do with well with the number five. Okay. So, you know, after a year of really just using one tool, I kind of knew everything I could do with it. Um, and so I really was able to kind of go shopping for, um, it's like I didn't need a number four because the five is, you know, close enough. It's like... But a number three is a much smaller hand plane. Um, I didn't realize how much smaller until I got it in the mail. I was like, "Oh, this is cute." Um, but <laughs> they then do I kind of look a little cute next to a number five. It really does. Uh, but then I sharpened the blade, and you know, I I I got a really 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 narrow opening. Um, and oh man, I mean, the shavings literally just fly out of it. Um, it is just fantastic. So that's awesome. Uh, it's slow progress. There's no, there's no, um, you know, there's no real due date on this one. Uh, we already have the bed set up. It's just laying on the floor. Um, so that's fine. Um, I'll be able to take my time. 
uh, do a good job. Uh, but that's really it for now. Um, as well, and you know, I finished up that that box. Uh, I posted a picture of that this 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 afternoon. Um, so yes. that was really, it turned out really really well. So I was very very pleased. So what are you up to, Adam? I've got a couple of things going on. Um, one is, of course, the the bunk beds. Um, I have a feeling <laughs> it's one of those projects that it feels like it's never going to end. Although we are we are very close to a major milestone in that basically all we have to do is uh, put the handles on the drawers. Um, okay. What we were going to do originally, uh, this we're talking about the base bed here, the the um, the lowest bed, which is a full size bed, and it's got three drawers on either side that pull out. And <clears throat> initially, the plan was in order to keep a low profile, so that when the girls would swing their legs over the bed, they wouldn't run into any knobs or handles that stuck out. We had initially wanted to route a cove into the underside, like a finger hold into the bottom edge of the drawer fronts. So they're, Mm -hmm. they're overlaid drawer fronts. And the idea was that if there's a finger hold underneath the, the drawer front, you'd be able to pull it out without needing any kind of handle or pull. Yeah. The problem is we were using, um, basically we were resawing construction grade lumber for this and it warped and bent and twisted and by the time we got it usable the drawer fronts are too thin to put a reliable okay cove for a finger pull underneath so instead we were thinking of rope hardware so just putting like a rope handle on each drawer that looked pretty cool yeah i think it'll it'll fit with the kind of rustic-ish style. Yeah. Uh, it fits with my sister's other decor, and most importantly, it will lay relatively flat, and even if they bump it, it's just rope, so it's not going to be hard or painful. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, we've got the milk paint on, we've got the nice. wipe-on-poly on, and really all we need to do is drill the holes, tie the rope, and then bring it over here and put it together. And then at least the two of the three girls can start sleeping on an actual bed instead of a mattress on the floor. Um, then there's also the garage, uh, the new shop, which we're working on, which is super awesome. I have some great pictures of us raising the walls, and I need to put them on social media and on our I was going to say, you got to share that on Instagram. Remember, I'm living vicariously through I know. this one. I so. <laughs> Yeah, I felt really bad because it's like, I I have just been incredibly busy the past few weeks, as I'm sure everyone has with the holidays and and, uh, the new year and everything. But, you know, I I just need to bite the bullet and put them on Instagram. And it's really cool. We've got three of the four walls. The front side that's going to face our driveway is where the two garage doors are. Okay. And so we have all three walls except for that one. That one has these enormous laminated beams as headers because yeah. you need gigantic headers for garage um, for garage doors. So they go the entire length of the wall. So it's like 26 feet long, I think. And they're a full like two inches thick. And they're about 12 inches wide and they're laminated. Um, I forget the 
the name uh, micro lamb i think is okay. is what they call it and there are two of them that we're gonna put <laughs> together nice. and these things weigh a ton i mean I, I don't even know and we're not using a crane it's gonna oh, be really? the three of us on ladders and scaffolding all the more mainly yep it's i mean i feel like we should put a take a video of that i should get my wife to record a I video think you of should. that put it on instagram Ugh, you know yep. um good stuff uh, so we've got three of the four walls and then, um, then comes the roof, which is going to be really fun. Cause we're doing that ourselves as well. We will have a crane there, but we're going to be up, you know, monkeying around on the top. Oh, and... you wuss. You're, yeah, you're going to get a crane for that. I know. I know. Well, you know, you can't win them all. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> it's not any fun if you die in the middle of the build. So, <laughs> right. Yeah. That would be distinctly, um, not fun. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then the last thing was um, one of those projects that came entirely out of nowhere, but made me feel really good that I'm a woodworker. It's just one of those things where you realize, I've got a really cool hobby, and I can make stuff, you know, yep. where there was no stuff before. And the situation was, my family decided to, in lieu of giving presents this year for Christmas, we decided to have a nice, fancy dinner where we spent money on food that was more expensive than what we'd normally eat. Yeah. Um, so we, we all got together, we played a bunch of board games and spent the day together, and we made this, you know, feast for ourselves. And I was in charge of escargot. So this this took place on uh, New Year's Eve. So um, I had had escargot a couple of times in Europe when I went on college trips and pilgrimages. Um, and I had even had it a couple of times here in the States. Believe it or not, in Hagerstown, you can order escargot. Um, so we'll let that sink into our listeners. Um, <laughs> and... Uh, I had wanted to make it for a long time because I had this great recipe for the garlic herb butter and everything that goes in it. And so I got all the supplies and then I realized I have nothing to serve these snail shells on. Uh. Uh, because if you just put them on a platter or something, they're going to roll around and, and you know, the, the snail and the butter are in the shell. They're, they like fill okay. the shell. So, you know, you, you want it so that the opening of the shell is facing up so that everything doesn't run out. Yeah. So it's literally the day before, and I think to myself, I could make something, right? Yeah. Even if it's just a single purpose, like single use thing. So I went into the the lumber area of our shop, and, and I found an offcut actually from the same wood that I used to build my wife's kneeler for our wedding. It's some beautiful figured, slightly figured cherry. And there was about... Uh, I don't know, 14 inch by six inch long offcut that was already planed on all four sides. Um, Perfect. It was, yeah, it was great. I, all I had to do was square up the ends and I routed a chamfer along the top edge and I drilled 12 holes, two lines of six, like two, two rows of six holes each, um, coated it in shellac and wax and we were off to the races you know nice. ideally i would have liked to have used uh like a polyurethane or something a little bit more durable for yeah. something that's going to come in contact with food um this is going to need to be wiped off um or 
actually the better thing would be to treat it like a cutting board and put mineral oil on it but that's going to take days to because mineral oil doesn't cure it just soaks in so um that wasn't going to work so i ended up doing shellac and wax because it was fast and ended up with this escargot platter so i thought that was pretty very neat. nice yeah. yeah now we won't talk about the fact that um it grew mold and I had to throw it away uh, in the wood stove, but um, (laughs) it was really cool. It served its purpose. It was an off cut that I wasn't going to use for anything else anyway. And uh, so it was good. You can have, you can have disposable things. Um. Yeah. Well, it's in the scrap wood anyways. So exactly. (laughs) So anyway, that was a little long winded, but that's, that's basically all I've got going on at the moment. Now, we did hear a little bit from our listeners last week, um, specifically uh, in response to our challenge, which was how do you um, respond to your family in charity with your your woodworking hobby or or career. And um, we got a response from Adam Minahan, who is uh, at Catholic Whiskey Dad now on Instagram. He, um, He changed his handle recently. And he also has the distinction of being one of the hosts of the Catholic Man Show, which uh, Jonathan actually introduced me to. It's pretty fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. It's It's a good one. It's great. We really enjoy it. Um, And he explained that his kids are a little young, but he's he he wants to have them in the shop uh, when they're old enough. And um, I think that's really admirable um, if and when I have kids, I would absolutely want to do the same thing. Yeah. And one of the things I had mentioned to him, and it's like only because out of experience, right, my oldest is older than his, um, Mm -hmm. is I found certain tools that I, that he could comfortably use and safely use. Like when we got married, I I got this small pocket driver. I mean, it's literally, I mean, it's the size of a small, like a tiny handgun like it's it's very small very lightweight and it's only like a screwdriver basically it doesn't have a high speed it only has a low speed gotcha so it can only be used to put screws in so it's perfect for his size and i drilled pilot holes and put screws in holes and then he would just drill them in and practice that um and then you know use other things like that so you know those are those are good ways to like introduce them to the shop by using either hand tools or light power tools. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I was fortunate enough where I just had one of those, whereas like my drill is way too heavy and way too loud for him. Right. Um, but, the, you know, the cool thing is, is he's already thinking about that. He's saying, this is something that I'm passionate about. This is something that I'd like my boys to be interested in. Um, and it really just comes down to, you know, taking the plunge and trying certain things. Um and seeing what works and, and, you know, grow from there. Yep, definitely. So keep at it, Adam. <laughs> the, the other Adam. Well, you know, both Adams, I like to think. Yeah. <laughs> both Adams. <laughs> so that brings us to this week's topic, which is really something that we did not want to rush into, hence the three weeks between last and topic and this topic. Yeah, three weeks and a day. Well, shh. I mean, we don't need to tell them that. <laughs> They're not paying attention. I mean, come on. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> uh, this week's topic is the woodworker's journey and faith. It rounds out very nicely our set of the seven virtues. And we'll talk a little bit more about that 
toward the end of the podcast. But we wanted to start out with a good definition for faith. So we combed our usual sources, mainly the Catechism of the Catholic Church, um, which has just never really let us down when looking mm-hmm. for <laughs> for good, solid definitions. Um, and then we, we didn't change it, but we a- adapted, in some instances, it to to our situation, the the aspects of faith that we wanted to cover. So Jonathan, would yeah. you do us a favor and read that? Sure. So faith is the theological virtue by which we believe in God and believe all that he has said and revealed to us because he is truth itself. By faith, man freely commits his entire self to God. For this reason, the believer seeks to know and do God's will. But faith apart from works is dead, so we strive to make our every action informed by faith and ordered toward the edification of ourselves and others. We should always seek to put into action that which we profess. Exactly. And I think that that second part about how faith without works is dead, because you can't profess to believe something if you're not living it out in your life, mm-hmm. it, it rings hollow. So we always seek to put into action that which we profess, which is exactly what we're called to do with faith. It's not, oh, I believe this and I'm going to live another way. That's how it turns out because we're all fallen creatures. You know, yeah. um, we all sin, we all fail, but we pick ourselves back up and we try again and we have as our goal, the faith. Um, so we determined that there is a natural result to this faith and that natural result is work. Yeah. We think about it like, you know, faith is, so the, the, this idea of a theological virtue is, is a virtue that is a gift from God. Faith, hope, and charity are all theological virtues. These are virtues that God grants to us, not of our own merit, out of his love for us, he gives us these 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 gifts of faith, hope, and charity. Um, so it's not something that we can obtain on our own. Um, same thing with like we can't obtain our or earn our salvation. Right. Um, but so, but it, 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 we think about it from a standpoint of as a gift, though it's it's work is almost a natural extension of that gift where. We, when we become aware of this great gift of faith, you know, we, we have a tendency to, it's like, okay, what do I do with this? I know this thing to be true. I know that now that God exists, I know that he created us and he created the whole known universe. It's like, I'm so ecstatic about this, knowing this. It's like, what do I do about it? Well, and what we do about it is work, um, you know, and what we said, you know, work uh, for the edification of ourselves and our others and others. Um, and, you know, work being not like necessarily just going to a nine to five job, but work is in everything that we do while we are awake. That is work. Um, working for our salvation and salvation of those um, that that God blesses us with. Right. And importantly to this conversation, woodworking is not an exception to that. (laughs) So especially um, one of the things that Jonathan and I talk about and pray about is 
we want our time in the shop to be time when we're living out the faith. We want this podcast to be time when we're living out the faith. It's like, it's not a private thing that's only me in my own house when no one else is looking. I mean, that's good. That's when we should do most of our praying, but we should also be bringing our faith to others and letting it show and doing it. You know, um, St. Paul says to pray without ceasing. And one of the ways that we can do that is by offering all of our work as an extension of our faith. Right. Pray without ceasing doesn't necessarily mean like go to church and then stay there and pray until you die. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Like that's not, that's not necessarily what he means. It's that everything that we do can be prayerful um, and rightly ordered towards um, and aligned with God's will Mm -hmm. and an extension of our faith. Um, But I think a lot of us struggle with that. So, you know, one of the things that came to my mind was early in my professional career, you know, maybe a year out of college. Um, I enjoyed my job. I always have. Uh, but I remember thinking to myself, you know, I was taught this faith growing up and I understand it, you know, at least I thought I understood it at the time. Um, and I desired to do something about it. Uh, but I remember thinking to myself, well, I don't know how to glorify God at work. Like my job has nothing to do with him. Right. Um, how do I serve him? You know, because it's like I grew up thinking um, in order to serve him, I had to like feed, you know, feed the hungry and serve the poor and, you know, build houses for the homeless. And obviously all of those things are certainly wonderful acts of service. Right. But um I kind of thought of work as this thing that I had to do that got in the way of me having this faith life uh, where I, I went to work because I needed money to survive so that when I wasn't working, I could try and live faithfully. <laughs> and it was very frustrating you sure. know, because that doesn't make any sense, <laughs> but, but it's something that we've all felt. Yeah, you know, and, and I sure. think a lot, I think I think many men and women struggle with that. Um, you know, even even those who are more mature in their faith, you know, it's still something that I struggle with from time to time. Just the natural question of, am I, am I doing God's will? Am I serving Him well in this thing that I'm doing as a husband, as a father, as a professional, um, and as a woodworker? Um, and, but it wasn't until, you know, a couple of years ago when I kind of, you know, took a break from woodworking and, you know, started to get back into, uh, you know, the faith that I was brought up in um, and started to try it really, truly start to understand it, that I began to find the beauty in the toil of work um, and realizing that work was not this thing that I did instead of my faith or that I had to go do so that I could then live faithfully somewhere else. It was, I could live faithfully at the office, in the car to the work, to work in the car on the way home at, at the store with the, with the kids, even when they're acting crazy, um, that there, every moment was an opportunity to live that faith. Um, and, and again, you know, woodworking is no exception. Right. One of the things that we did that I feel is probably valuable to bring up 
is when we decided to do the podcast, we wanted to make sure that before we record every episode, we pray. So we pray for ourselves, we pray for the podcast, we pray for all of our listeners, and we actually keep a prayer list for um, anyone's needs in the community that we see. Um, So if you or anyone that you know is in need of prayers, feel free to send them to us and we'll add them to our prayer list and pray for them. But one of the things that we did is we each wrote a prayer for for us to pray before every podcast. And in one of those prayers, we looked at the biblical notion of toil because toil is a result of our fallen nature. Toil is the other other Adam. The, yeah, the <laughs> the original Adam. Um, tisk, you know, tisk. had man not fallen, man would not be cursed to toil in the dirt. Okay, um, and by extension, you know, any labor, any necessity to work to survive, um, that is the curse of sin, and so. One of the things that we looked at is, as men of faith, we know that because we now have hope of salvation, because Christ died for our sins, work has ceased to become purely a curse and can now be something that is edifying. So in God's justice, he condemned man to toil by the sweat of his brow. But in God's mercy, he allowed that toil to bear fruit for the edification of ourselves and others. And we pray those words every time we get ready to do this podcast. Um, I have started praying it before I do woodworking. Um, And when I'm just praying for the podcast or for anyone in the woodworking community, because it's something that I think is very important for us to keep in mind. Exactly as you said, Jonathan, you don't have to stop being faithful or living out your faith even in an active way when you're working or doing busy work or something tedious or mindless, you know, by offering that, it becomes an extension of faith and something that we can use to edify ourselves and others. Yeah. And, you know, you think about it, right, you know, going back to my analogy, like, me living out my faith in the shop doesn't mean I have to make crucifixes. Like that is right. something that I do and I thoroughly enjoy it. Um, it is a humbling and very gratifying uh, work. However, that is not the only thing that is, uh, you know, doing the will of God in the shop. Work using the skills that God gave me to the very best of my ability and creating beautiful things out of the trees that he created and gave us. That's glorifying him. Mm-hmm. Like plain and simple. When we take the skills that God has granted us and we make the very best of them um, at that moment in time, but knowing that we always then are striving to continue to develop them Mm -hmm. uh, to get better and better and better. Why? So that we can continue to glorify him more and more and more. Um, That is what we're talking about when we say, you know, living out our faith through works in the shop. Um is really giving it everything that we have because otherwise we're wasting our time. We're wasting the time of anyone associated with us. Um, and our time would be better served elsewhere. Uh, but that's, you know, that's the beauty of woodworking. 
And that kind of brings us right into our second point, which is that, you know, as woodworkers, we work with tools that can accomplish the tasks that we need to have accomplished. Uh, (laughs) But the tools have to be sharp. The tools have to be well-tuned. And most importantly, they have to be in the hands of a skilled craftsman. Right. You need to practice using those tools. And when a skilled craftsman uses a tool, it reaches its full potential. And it becomes... It fulfills its purpose. Perfectly. Yes, perfectly. Yeah. It does that which it was meant to do. The reason it was created, it is now fulfilling that reason. And if you think about it, when we give every bit of our time to God, when we are mindful of that toil and we use it to edify ourselves and others, we become instruments that are in the hands of a skilled craftsman and we hone ourselves we we reach our full potential by god working through us exactly and and so just like you know us as woodworkers using you know hand planes or using the tools that we have right that requires a tremendous amount of practice and due mm-hmm. diligence and perseverance to continue to pursue, you know, perfection in the trade. And we're, you know, we're talking about a hand plane that has like, you know, five adjustments <laughs> as compared to, you know, God being the master craftsman, um, you know, creating the known universe and looking at us as instruments uh, to accomplish his work. Um, it is infinitely, infinitely more complex. And that's when it comes down to that work Tor, that, that the work of faith to live out our faith is a lifelong journey. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and hopefully our, 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 you know, the road that we're on for woodworking is hopefully also a lifelong journey. Um, but that's why we, we looked at those, you know, there's so many parallels between our lives as Christian men you know, Adam and I looking at our lives as Christian men and our lives as woodworkers. There's so many parallels there, Um, you know, and they're beautiful parallels. Um, And we wanted to, you know, highlight this, this idea of, you know, looking at ourselves as craftsmen using the tools that we've been able to acquire um, and, you know, and developing our skills so that we can use them to the best of their ability, allowing those tools to reach, you know, those, yeah, allow them to reach their purpose. You know, a, a hand plane has a purpose. A drill has a purpose. Um, a saw has a purpose. Um, it's a very simple purpose, right? And and obviously, if it doesn't reach its full potential, it's not its fault. <laughs> it's right. the craftsman's fault. <laughs> in, our, in, in, in the world of faith, in our, in our faith life, it's kind of the opposite. Um, <laughs> you know, it's... God is the master craftsman, right? He doesn't make mistakes. Um, it is really up to, that's where it's us cooperating with that, which he has given us, um, right. which, requ- which requires of us continually, 
uh, you know, kind of dying to ourselves and, and, and constantly trying to allow him to work through us more completely uh, so that, you know, hopefully we are able to, or God is able to work through us to accomplish our purpose uh, in this life. Yep. So we've talked about, you know, starting with this idea of work being a necessary and natural extension to our faith. Um, and then looking at, you know, the, this idea of us being craftsmen, um, as you know, the, the correlations between us as craftsmen, God, as, you know, the creator of, of the known universe. Um, and what we wanted to look at, you know, to kind of, uh, as a third topic here is looking at, okay, how do we then practice our faith? Uh, and, and how do we, and how does that similar to us practicing our woodworking? And one of the reasons, or one of the ways that that's similar is they're both journeys. They are both ongoing processes. You know, giving up control and letting God work in us is something that every Christian struggles with for his entire life. It's not something where you just decide, okay, I'm going to do this, and then it becomes easy as pie, and you never have to work at it. It's a lifelong struggle. Yeah, you just lay on the couch, and all of a sudden you start moving, right? and yeah. you're just now along for the ride. It, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> right. And it wouldn't mean nearly as much if it did. Right, because we the wouldn't whole... be cooperating. We would just be a, a just a bystander. Right, right. If, if, if we didn't have free will, you know, our, our love wouldn't mean anything. Our actions wouldn't mean anything because it, it wouldn't be coming from us. It wouldn't be something that we were choosing to do. Mm-hmm. So, you know, one of the words that we use is we practice our faith um, because it is an ongoing struggle. And, you know, we fall, we fail, but we get back up again. We keep trying to do better. And... Every time we do pick ourselves back up, we improve and we can do better the next time. So it's a gradual increase in, if you if you want to use this term, in sort of the skill of having faith. The skill of being able to put our money where our mouth is, so to speak, and actually live the faith that we claim to profess. Right. And it's the same thing. In woodworking, we're constantly making mistakes. You know, I've I've never met even a professional who doesn't admit to making mistakes. But as long as we're learning from them, and of course we try not to repeat those same mistakes, um, as long as we're doing that, we're on the right path. Yeah, and there's something beautiful in that toil, right? You think of a woodworking project that went perfectly and then you realize, oh, wait, that that wasn't me. That was the other guy. Um, but, you know, you think about it when you push yourself and, you know, you say, this is beyond my current skill set. However, I have hope. I have confidence that I, I can tackle this um, and I'll be a better woodworker on the other end of it. When you go into a project like that and you fail, you make a mistake and you have to adjust, you have to fix it, you have to make it right that project is infinitely more fulfilling and gratifying than the next project where 
you're like, I could do this in my sleep. You literally do it in your sleep and you're like, eh, it's good enough, right? Even if even if it looks great, it's like, I've already done that. I already know how to do it. You know, sometimes we have to do those projects, especially if they're paying the bills. But sure. it's those projects where you really get into it and you toil and you fail, you make a mistake and you have to pick yourself back up. Those are the ones that are the most rewarding because those are the ones that challenge you and help you grow as a woodworker. And the same thing applies to our faith. When we, when we push ourselves, when we try to grow in holiness, try and grow in our understanding of Christ and how to walk in his footsteps and how to live a life that he has called us to live. And when we fail and pick ourselves back up, we become a stronger man because of it. Mm -hmm. Um, It's when we rest on our laurels and say, oh, I'm holy enough. You know, I know God enough. I know the scripture is pretty, you know, wellish. I go to church on Sunday. I'm, I'm good enough. That's when, that's when we, yeah, that's when life stops having a purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, it's like if the saints are the ones that we aspire to emulate our lives after, I don't know of any of them that just said, well, I'm good enough. I'm holy enough. Um, nor do I know any great woodworkers who ever did that. Exactly. I don't know of a single one actually. Um, certainly not publicly professing it. Um, but most of the woodworkers, if not all of the ones that I follow that I am inspired by are the ones that are constantly pushing themselves and constantly growing. And it's that, that pursuit of the next level that inspires me to challenge myself and grow as well. And that's the journey that we're talking about. Um, we love, you know, we love this thing about woodworking uh, because I think there's something spiritual to it. Um, it unites us with our creator. And because of that fascination with it, you know, the beauty that we see in it, it, it naturally inspires us to work harder at it and to give it more, um, you know, just as our, just as our faith does. Mm-hmm. And because it's a journey and we know that it's it's not ever something that we're going to reach the end of, you know, that we can always get better. We can always learn new things and become better at the things that we already know. We should not get discouraged that we're not at the finish line. We should enjoy the process and enjoy that journey. And the same goes for our faith as woodworking, you know. Um, it's easy to say, oh, I, I still have so far to go. Um, and when you think of it in those terms, it does become tedious. I feel like it becomes a lot more tedious more quickly and more easily when you're sort of comparing yourself to this ideal that I don't want to say that you'll never reach because, you know, I think in, in both instances, there is an ideal, but I feel like the ideal changes and and evolves and when we gain a skill we realize oh there's this other skill that i didn't know about or when we attain a virtue that we have been working and praying and struggling for we realize oh even if i achieve that there are these other virtues that i could still grow in or these other aspects of you know 
if I seek after charity and I find it in the way that I'm thinking, it opens my eyes to all of the other ways that I can be charitable. Right. You know, so it's important to enjoy where you are along that journey and not to stagnate and stay there because it's nice and comfortable, but enjoy it, you know, get something out of it and then use that along with everything else that you've learned to keep moving forward. Yeah. Um, you're absolutely right. I mean, it's really, it's, it's living in that toil and, and, and finding comfort there. Um, cause it's the only place that's really going to be truly comfortable and peaceful. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, getting through a project the first time having done a new skill is going to be much more rewarding than the next time. And the, and the, you know, the, the second time and the third time and the 10th time and the hundredth time, um, you know, for that reason, because it's when we push ourselves the most that we find the greatest thrill um, in both lives. Mm-hmm. And so to that end, we have a challenge question, as always, for yes. you, our beloved listeners. The challenge question this week is, how do you see woodworking as a journey? And where are you on that journey? Um, if you are a man or woman of faith, how does your faith relate to your woodworking? And if you're not a man or woman of faith, what higher purpose does your woodworking serve? So so outside of yourself, outside of just something that you enjoy doing, what greater good are you accomplishing with your woodwork? It's something that each of us needs to consider. Mm-hmm. And we want to hear from you both to get you thinking about it, but also because none of us is alone with this, you know, in faith and in woodworking, it's a journey that we and everyone else are on. Yeah. And when we talk about it, it's encouraging to ourselves and the people that we're talking about it to. I mean, you know, see episode five. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So, so share if you're able, um, how that relates for you and and how you see it. And I guarantee you it's going to mean something to the people who are reading it. Yeah. Well, and, and you know, uh, on a very serious note on the first question, so, you know, how do you see woodworking out? Uh, how do you see it as a journey and where are you on that journey? If you have the map and you know where you are, can you let us know, like, where which, which direction to go? Because that would right. be really helpful. We'd appreciate it. <laughs> Yeah, and actually, we're, we're woodworkers. We're woodworkers, so just do us a favor and build a sign, okay, yeah. and then point it in the right direction because that would be really super that would be, helpful. Yeah, it would be <laughs> to everyone. Um, <laughs> so, as we mentioned at the beginning of the episode, you know, th- this this is really this is almost the conclusion of kind of a th- this episode, a, a conclusion of really a five month journey for for Adam and I. When we first started talking about this. I think fairly early on, this idea of covering these seven virtues um, was, you know, something that we really, really, uh, we felt, but we both felt very, very strongly about. Um, And so what we wanted to do is kind of just briefly talk through, you know, those, the the, the last six episodes, um, you know, and ending with this one um, and kind of going through uh, those virtues. So as men of faith, 
we strive to live virtuously and glorify God in all that we do, including while working in the shop. Therefore, our purpose as prudent woodworkers is to glorify God and to edify ourselves and others. This means that if we're going to profit from our work, we're going to do so at a just price out of love and respect for our customers or our family, friends, whoever we're making things for, and for ourselves. It also means realizing where we need to improve and having the fortitude to practice those skills. And we try to temper our desires for tools, materials, and space by embracing that scarcity and learning to use what we have and learning to use it well. Uh, we encourage others through hope on social media in real life, uh, and we see hope in others if we get discouraged ourselves. Uh, we're charitable towards our family uh, by keeping their needs in mind as it relates to our our, our craft and our trade as woodworkers. Uh, and by doing all of these things on this journey, we're growing in our faith and our skills as woodworkers, glorifying God and edifying ourselves and others. And that was the that was the goal here for this first series. This you know these first seven episodes was to really look explore these these um, you know these carnal virtues um, and how they relate to woodworking. Uh, and and you know I would say it turned out more beautiful than we thought. You know we didn't going we didn't go into this as virtue experts. Um, <laughs> But I will or say come that, out of it as virtue experts. <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm. I, I think I might be a virtue expert now. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> That's true. But I will say that I understand them much better now. Uh, yeah. and, and honestly, I feel like I'm a better woodworker because of it. Sure. Um, or certainly have. Um, I have excelled f it, it, far greater in a shorter period of time over this over this time frame. Um, than probably any other period in my woodworking career, because if I'm sitting in front of this microphone telling you guys, hey, <laughs> you should practice and hey, you know, it's really important that uh, you're prudent with your time and uh, and scarcity is your friend and, you know, use the tools and the space and the materials that you have. I can't just say these things and then turn around and go do something else. I guess I could, but I'd feel really guilty and shameful. <laughs> and hypocritical. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Which I'm pretty sure Jesus says, uh, did not like those people. So Right, uh, yes. Or he frowned upon their behaviors, let's say that. <laughs> That's a um, mild way of putting it, yeah. sure. <laughs> Frowny face. Um and, and so that you know, it's like at his it's challenged me. Um and I'm sure Adam, you know, you probably felt the same way. Um, but it's it's been beautiful to kind of finally get to this this last episode in this series, um, and and really be able to look back and see how all of these virtues do tie together. It's not a coincidence that these have been defined for us um, and and spoken about not as these separate unrelated things, but they're all tied together. And when you take one of them out, all of a sudden it's incomplete. Right. You know, you take hope out of the equation, you fail, you're out, you're done. You know, it's, it's, it's a knockout game over. Um, you know, you take, you take justice out of the equation and now all of a sudden, um, you know, you've become selfish or greedy, 
and all of these things that otherwise were beautiful are now tarnished. And so, um, you know, it, it may sound like, well, we're done. The podcast is over. We're, you know, we're checking out, um, but we've really only started. Um, and right. so, you know, we're really, really excited about continuing to explore more specific virtues uh, that tie back to some of these uh, as well as new ones um, and just continue to explore virtue and woodworking um, in this great community. Uh, and, and we certainly uh, are greatly appreciative and thankful for all of those who have uh, continued to join us on this journey, participate um, and challenge us and, and grow along with us. Yeah, it's super helpful. Um, you know, as Jonathan said, it's <laughs> we we better be practicing this stuff ourselves, you know, if, if we're going to be preaching it, essentially. But it makes it all the more easy for us to do this when we see you guys participating as well. And we know that, again, we're not alone. You know, it's something that we're all doing together. We're all trying to grow in virtue and we're trying to make our woodworking fruitful by basically putting other people first and being mindful of everything that we're doing and making sure that it's oriented toward an edifying end. So we really, really appreciate your feedback and we want to remind you that the whole reason we're doing this is for you guys. You know, it's, it's, to help support the community in whatever small way we can. So if you have any topic ideas, um, future episodes, uh, future virtues, or things that you feel like you would like to grow in yourself, and, you know, because here's a little secret for you. If you want to grow in that area, there are other people who want to grow in that area as mm -hmm. well. And we would really love to hear about that so that we can explore it and bring it to everybody's attention and hopefully all grow as a community in that virtue um, please let us know or if you have questions that you'd like answered um, you know we've mentioned before we're not experts but we have a lot of good connections through this podcast and if you have a question if we don't know the answer we will find it we will do our darndest and we will come back to you Absolutely. with an answer so um, please let us know what you'd like to see covered here. Um, you can use any of our usual channels or you can email us directly at contact at arborvitaepodcast.com. And um, we really want to hear from you and we want you to be a part of this podcast at least as much as we are, preferably more. Yeah. <laughs> and so we do have one person that we would like to highlight from the woodworking community as our featured craftsman this week. And that person is Corey Morgan. So his handle on Instagram is Corey Morgan Woodworks, and Corey is someone who he's the man, basically. Yeah, I mean he he he's a great guy. Um, we're just now getting to know him more than just a, a an Instagram feed that we like to follow, but um, his work is stunning. Um, he does a lot of live edge and natural edge boards. Um, but he also does a lot of very, um, <laughs> the opposite of that, you know, uh, he's got this great picture or a few pictures, I think, um, farther back in his feed of a chapel that he 
uh, helped design and build. Um, it's just, it's amazing. Uh, it's very beautiful work. Again, I, I feel like we say this about all of our featured craftsmen, but look through his feed and try to find a picture that's not inspirational Yeah, in some way, you know? I literally wasn't listening to you because I was scrolling through his feed and I I just kind of blacked out. Um, but I mean, that's kind of the point. I mean, we're, we're very, very excited to get a chance to interview him. We're excited for, for our listeners to get a chance to meet him um, and learn a little bit about him. You know, the coolest thing for us, though, was that, you know, this isn't just just a guy out there doing this on his own. He's a dad. You know, he's a he's a he's a husband um a family man um and this is what he does this is his career and he takes it seriously he's passionate and he does some amazing stuff so we are very very excited uh for all of you uh for for us as well for is for you to to speak with him um and learn about his journey as a woodworker so um we hope to record an interview with him this coming week which we will uh, give to you as soon as it's done next week. <laughs> and then uh, our next episode will be uh, Friday, January 27th. And we're going to have, for the first time in Arbor Vitae history, a guest host on the show. It's top secret for now. Yeah, top secret, under wraps. Um, we'd tell you, but we'd have to kill you, that kind of thing. Yeah, and then we would lose a listener and that just wouldn't be good. So Yeah, so, yeah. We'll but anyway... We hope you'll like it. Uh, <laughs> we're looking forward to it um, yeah. because, as we said, this is a community effort and it's going to be nice to have some additional perspectives. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're looking forward to that. Uh, between now and then, of course, we'll release the interview with Corey. And so you can find us uh, on online at arborvitaepodcast.com. Uh, feel, feel free to email us, contact us on Instagram or Facebook. Uh, as well as myself, Jonathan, you can find me on Instagram at the Catholic Woodworker, uh, and you can find Adam at Catholic Composer. Um, and just you know, a, a reminder as far as the Challenger questions, we'd love to hear from you again. Uh, how do you see woodworking as a journey, and where are you on that journey? Uh, if you're a man or woman of faith, how does it relate to your woodworking? How does that faith relate to your woodworking? And for those who aren't, you know, what what higher purpose do you see your woodworking serve? Uh, you know. Your, whether it's you know outside of yourself you know your clients or family or friends um, and really you know giving it some thought as to what is the, my purpose and how can I serve uh, you know with with this with this great skill that I've that I've had so as always we thank you so much for listening uh, and stay virtuous Brownie face.